go straight in. There ain't no rest for the cryptid. Bigfoot don't live in trees. I got Goman to pay. I got serpents to feed. There ain't frogmen in this world for free. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so this episode, as you may have guessed, is about Cage the Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> it is about state-specific cryptids that I found funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So I am your amateur cryptozoologist for the evening, Lacey. I'm Jerry, and that's all. (laughs) So this is going to be part of like a series of America-specific spookies. (laughs) (laughs) That is so professional. That's, yeah. If If anyone takes anything away from this show... It's like, oh my, they were so professional and polished. It's not at all like it's a couple of 30-something morons sitting on the floor in their living room with their mics stacked on top of games. <laughs> Listen, Dixit and Mysterium are very professional tools. Yeah, I actually bought these board games specifically for the dimensions of the box. They are ideal mic height. Yes, when I bought them for a work function, <laughs> I was thinking Jerry is going to use this. Don't pull back the curtain too much. <laughs> I think I'm giddy because it's 9.30 at night and I'm just getting into a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's a great idea. It's so good. I don't know why I don't sleep well. <laughs> so I think we're going to start in Kansas. Get out of town. No, we live in Kansas. I can't get out of town. Yeah, there's. well, we're under lockdown, so. <laughs> True. And there's nothing in Kansas to get out of town too. so. Yeah, there's really not much to do around here. There's wheat. There's the Kansas State Fair, which yeah. uh, has I think is going to get canceled this year. Nope, it's on. Oh, well, <laughs> that's I think terrifying. there's a couple cows probably here. In town? In Kansas in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, like at least three. When I went camping a couple weeks ago, there were cows. Did you I... camp with the cows? No, but you could tell that sometimes they get into the campsites because there were cow pies in the campsite. That's gross. Yeah, I didn't spot them. I found them. <laughs> Kansas. Do you know about Sinkhole Sam? I've heard of Sinkhole Sam. Yeah, very, very local cryptid. No one has told me about him, and I was pretty uh, mad that <laughs> I found this, and it's it's real close. <laughs> this is a heck of a setup, um, which I feel like you're about to be really disappointed based on what I know about Sinkhole Sam. <laughs> Well, for people who don't live in Kansas. I don't think anybody that lives in town knows about Sinkhole Sam. Well, see, I'm not the only one. I think it's because it's not much of a cryptid. Oh, we have a long article. That's... (laughs) 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 Okay, then. That's that's a superb pedigree for this guy. There is a very long article about Sinkhole Sam. He's legit. So legit. Hit me. Sinkhole Sam is a cryptic creature said to dwell in Lake Inman near the small town of Inman, Kansas. It is described as a worm or serpent-like, being 15 feet long and has a girth of an automobile tire. (laughs) I love that. The girth of an automobile tire. And he's in, like, a lake? Yeah. I think it's going to be an automobile tire that's just in the water. You shut your goddamn mouth. During the 1920s, many of the lakes and natural water formations of central Kansas were drained, leaving Lake Inman as one of the state's largest natural lakes, measuring a fourth of a square mile. This lake has a section that is deeper than the normal that locals call the Big Sinkhole. It is a deep section of water where the first reports of sinkhole Sam occurred. Wait, so it's what they mean when they say it's deeper than the normal? (laughs) I have no idea. 
I don't know like, how to... Like, deeper than the rest of the lake? Or, like, deeper than a lake normally is? Like That's a great question, and I have no idea. <laughs> okay. The first sighting was by two unspecified men fishing in the big sinkhole. Later, two local men, Albert Newfield and George Rager, said that they also sighted the elusive creature. Albert claimed to have shot at Sam from a bridge that was nearby, but wasn't able to determine if he hit him, which I feel like you might know, because it would float up, right? I guess. I mean, I don't really understand what they're doing. They're like, yeah, we were fishing, and there was like a thing in the river, or the lake, so we shot it. <laughs> like, that is so Kansas. <laughs> yeah, legit. The following year, seen an increase in people coming to the area for a chance to spot the beast. While there were several reports, there was never actually any evidence gathered. Through all the reported sightings, some details varied, but the two characteristics that were common were the length and estimated 15 feet, and the girth, which was reported to be around the size of a car tire. Car tire sizes vary, but usually around 2 to 3 feet tall. That is such a specific... Dimension. Yes. Yeah. I don't usually measure in auto parts. I think if you're the kind of guy that sees an unidentified animal in a lake and your first instinct is to shoot at it, you probably measure things by how they compare to tires. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like, out here, like, lawn decorations are car parts, so. Oh, you, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen a few, uh, I've seen a few <laughs> lawn ornaments that, uh, I'm pretty sure are just junkyard fodder. Yeah, rustic. There's more to this article, right? Like, yes. that can't all be it. Okay. No. Where it's like two guys who we didn't get their name, and then two other guys we did get their name. <laughs> they were fishing, they thought they saw a tire move, and they shot at it. They think it's about this big. The sightings created national notoriety for the small Kansas town of Inman, and during the town's annual Santa Fe Days, which celebrate the history of the Santa Fe Trail through the area, there are always tales being shared of the sightings of Sinkhole Sam. Okay, so I've lived here for 16, 17 years on and off. I have never heard of the Santa Fe days, ever. I've never heard of that. Me either. And, like, I've heard of Sinkhole Sam, mm -hmm. not from living here. Like, just because I I listen to cryptid podcasts, I listen to paranormal podcasts, and, like, I just have sort of a passing interest. No, I don't have a passing interest. I have a passion for folklore. Yeah. That's how I learned about it. Like, I've never heard of it from anyone in town. I'm going to start asking people. Yeah, I would definitely want to start asking people and see what they say. Like, have yeah. you heard of Sinkhole Sam? When I did the little bit of broadcast journalism in high school. Yeah. Ooh, fancy. We asked people, like, if they had any folk legends or folk tales from the area for a story we were doing. Not a single person ever mentioned this. <laughs> ever. <laughs> when was this supposed to take place where they were shooting at it? It said it started in the 20s, I believe. So, okay. So pretty far back then. You're like, it doesn't say. Like any good journalism, it's sparse on details. <laughs> <laughs> None of the reported encounters with Sam indicated that it was a dangerous creature. It's been a while since any sightings have been reported, but even today you'll see cars parked around the lake and their drivers looking over the murky waters in hopes of spotting the serpentine cryptid. I think it was probably a catfish that they saw, because we get some pretty big catfish around here. Yeah. And catfish like to kind of rest at the bottom and they rest in the deepest part of a lake so especially if you have like a murky muddy kind of sinkhole sort of area they're definitely going to be down there if they're even in there 
I think I remember when I read about this story that it was actually just like a tractor tire that the fishing line got stuck on <laughs> and it moved and they thought it was like a big animal or something. I'm into that. So so some people think it's a giant earthworm. Like in uh, the 1998 Godzilla, but Nick Tatopoulos is researching the, the giant earthworms uh, because yes. of Chernobyl. Or a giant sea worm. A sea worm? Mm-hmm. I thought you said a giant sea word. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, <laughs> That's, that is rough. We have a giant eel. So and, mostly um, they just think it's giant serpentine things. Yeah, and um, people in Kansas have caught an eel that was about three feet, but like that's not near 15 feet. Yeah, no way. So, But I mean, when it's dark, I have no, I can't measure anything. Like I have no depth, mm-hmm. is that depth perception or anything. So it's like. Well, and it is, it is a developed skill to be able to kind of eyeball something and get a general idea of how big it is. Because like from years of working in the pet industry, mm-hmm. like and selling tanks and enclosures, like I have a pretty good eye for guessing how big stuff is. Even still, I mean, that's a pretty big animal that 15 feet with like a two foot, you know, diameter, like that's a really big animal. And I feel like if it was a giant earthworm, it wouldn't be in the water. Yeah. And if it's a giant... As indicative of its name. <laughs> earthworm. Yeah, because yeah. I think when we don't call them waterworms. <laughs> I think we just call them eels. <laughs> uh, but no, from what I remember reading about this particular cryptid, I think it's just a tire that's in the sinkhole. And it really does sound like a couple of idiots were out drinking and fishing, and they shot off their guns for fun. And then someone called the cops. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, no, we saw a monster in the lake. And that's what we were shooting at. Do you want to hear my favorite theory? Obviously. Perhaps there's something prehistoric trapped in the underground caverns in the area. Something along the lines of Titanoboa, an extinct snake whose length was around 50 feet long. Considering Kansas has an ample population of prehistoric paddlefish, maybe some of the other beasties were pocketed away and witnessed by a few people in Lake Inman. So I actually love that explanation. That's definitely my favorite one too. Because there is this sort of land of the lost quality to that one Mm -hmm. so for people who aren't familiar with kansas which basically is everyone who doesn't live here um (laughs) kansas does have a lot of underground caverns besides the we have a big salt mine here uh which is no longer in use um well no part of it is part of the salt mine is still used yeah the other part is a museum um and down in that museum is actually where they keep like the national archive so lots of census records are down there um, original copies of famous films are down there, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, some of the Batman movies. Yeah. Um, the old Mr. Co- Freeze's uh, suit is in there. Yes, Mr. Freeze's suit is down there. Um, a lot of the weapons from Men in Black are down there. It's really cool to go down and see these artifacts and, and you know, pieces of memorabilia. But besides that, the also, um, the, I think it's called the Agalala Aquifer runs through this part of the country. And that's like the largest aquifer in north america uh not to mention that there have been issues with sinkholes here um decades ago not actually not many decades two decades i think ago there was um underground gas explosions and there were all these little chambers underground that were found afterwards so there is some evidence of there being these sort of open chasms in the ground around what was that movie that we saw that really bad movie where, um, Man, you're gonna have to narrow that down. <laughs> <laughs> where like that thing got released from the water, and there were all the scuba divers, and they had that one song that was playing. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where it was like this one island song that was played over and over again. Yeah. But yeah, they were like these ancient creatures that were released from like a like a sealed cavern. Wasn't it like 
Like the Sharktopus. Sharktopus. Yeah. 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 Um, not to mention the fact that Kansas used to be a prehistoric ocean. Mm-hmm. So we do have ichthyosaur fossils that have been found. Um, even like if you were to go like the, the river where I was camping, yeah. you can find shark teeth there still. So, I mean, it's, it, there are lots of evidence of, you know, prehistoric oceany kind of stuff here. So I, I like having all of those elements come together <laughs> to this like sort of like hollow earth land of the lost kind of theory that it might be some prehistoric beast that has come up to the surface and harassed fishermen. <laughs> we should go there one of these weekends and like yeah. take pictures and stuff. Yeah, because Inman's really close. Yeah. It's really close by. Yeah, I'm 100%. We should take pictures. That's what we'll do. We'll take some pictures of the lake to post all our social medias so people can see the muddy lake that a giant earthworm may or may not live in. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of quality content we're pushing out here. But what if we find a Titanoboa? (laughs) Then one of us is dead. The slower one is dead. Oh, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I'm dead. I'm fine with that. I would love to get to the afterlife. And they're like, what happened to you? Be like, killed by a freaking Titanoboa. Are you kidding me? In 2020. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'll remember you fondly. Yeah. Are you ready for the next beauty? I am ready to roll. Have you ever heard of the Pope Lick Monster? Pope Lick Monster? Okay, no. I mean, I've heard that name, but I don't know anything about it. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) I do not want to lick the Pope. (laughs) He's from Kentucky. The Pope or the monster? Oh, the monster. Okay, I'm with you The Pope-like monster. Gotcha. I was like, he is not from Kentucky. The Pope is from Germany. (laughs) Some tales say that he started as a circus freak or as a product of a sexual relationship between a farmer and one of his sheep. Is this Kansas still? No, this is Kentucky. (laughs) Okay. Some say he kills with an axe. Others says he lures you into the darkness, never to be seen again. One thing all the legends do say, however, is that this monster wants to trick you into coming close and then he will kill you. And if you do venture onto his bridge... Rest assured that even if he doesn't get you, a speedy train may still be your undoing. What? This is such a crazy departure from the last one. <laughs> the other one was pretty tame. It was like, oh, there might be a giant worm living in the lake. We're not really sure. We call him Sam. <laughs> and this one is like an axe-wielding monster who wants to drag you into the darkness. And his name is Popelik. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just mad that his name is Popelik. What has he done to earn this name? Is he named after like a location? Yes. Okay, that makes some sense then. Is this a person? Because I know it's supposed to be cryptids, but this sounds like a monster, like how a person can be a monster. Like, this sounds like a guy. <laughs> Let me uh, enlighten you on his appearance. Okay. He's described as being a large, mysterious creature, like a very tall man. He's said to be part goat. He's said to be part goat. Or- He's said to be part goat or part sheep, sometimes both, and is usually depicted as having ram horns. Various other parts of his body may look more human, with him having claw-like human hands or a human chest, much like the goat version of a minotaur. (laughs) That description could not decide what it wanted to be. (laughs) Various other parts are vaguely human. Like, so is it consistent? Like, both hands or only just one of them? They're like, human-like claw hands. That's where I was... We don't have claws. (laughs) (laughs) I think think the Pope-like monster wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what would sound awesome? He's like, I need some press out there. So he's a goat minotaur. Yeah. A goatator. A goatator. A minigoat. A minigoat. A minigoat. (laughs) Minigoat. (laughs) That sounds like you're about to run out to the store. I'm going to go to the store real quick. (laughs) Yes. A minigoat. That's that's a new one. So why? So he's, okay, so they're saying, they're saying he's some kind of like hillbilly offspring monster 
Yeah. Who wants to kill. Yeah, those who tell the story also say that his body is deformed, with his skin deathly pale, and that his hair is greasy and snarled. Which, like, same. <laughs> also, like, can we talk about the fact that this is like a minigoat that is murderous and has, you know, he, he lures you into the shadows, he wields mm-hmm. an axe, and, I mean, that's all pretty monstrous. I think killing people and, and preying upon people is pretty nasty. I, do we need to, like, talk about his appearance? Is it, do we like, need to body shame him is what we're getting yeah, at, right? Yeah, like, beauty shaming him. Like, also, he's got, like, gross hair. It's like, <laughs> is, like that's the worst thing about him. <laughs> oh, is he a middle schooler? I'm just... <laughs> oh, no. The Jersey through... Devil would keep him very No, because then he would be a kid. He would be a minna kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny and two different ways i know yeah yeah i'm 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 retiring from the show after that i'm pretty proud of it that's good i just want to add that emma from real life ghost stories which is the best podcast in the universe she's awesome i wanted to let you know that she says that my jokes are absolutely unrivaled and that i'm funny yeah i i could definitely agree that your humor cannot be compared to anything else It is definitely, it has no rivals, no competition. Um, it is definitely... Uh, in a league of its own? In a one horse race, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Me and the the Minigoat are going to go and live together. He's going with... to murder you. That's no, what he does. That's what they do. Lazy. My body is also deformed and deathly pale, okay? Like, <laughs> you'll think I'm one of him. Fine. And the quarantine does have my hair greasy and snarled, so... <laughs> <laughs> so when was he first sighted? Well, it's impossible to know for sure because a public monster has no confirmed sightings. <laughs> so this is kind of like the, the state. Kentucky was like, man, we need a cryptid. Let's just make one up. And they just took like one of those online polls <laughs> where people, it's like multiple choice and people just select whatever. Yeah. So they're just like, yeah, he's going to be a goat man, but he's going to be like a minotaur and he's got an axe and he's pale and <laughs> and is the Pope-lick monster. Like... <laughs> It's like a bunch of 8th graders were like, what's the dumbest monster we could possibly make? (laughs) No confirmed sightings. Yeah. What about unconfirmed sightings? He's more often seen as just a strange shape in the woods, and instead people tend to find the remains of animals he has killed. Even then, legend of what he looks like persists as being sort of a freakish goat man. So he's more of just like 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 a folklore. He's just, you know, tall tale. Yeah. Kind of monster. That's a hefty one. I like that. We have more origin legends if you're interested of the public monster yes okay he has multiple origin stories yes yeah so it says the most popular origin legend of the Goatman, aka public monster has a rather strange and sad story supposedly there was a man named and good luck on the pronunciation this one colonel beauregard beauregard colonel beauregard schlidnick okay i'm sorry who was the ringmaster of a rather twisted traveling circus he was not known as a kind or decent man. He was instead a liar and a cheat who mistreated his performers. He ran his circus more like a gang, and thefts followed their show wherever it went. His main motivation in life, above all else, was money, and he was always searching for a new scam in order to get it. Okay. That's a hell of a origin story. Yeah. That he's part of, like, a weird, like, circus crime ring. Like, that's ridiculous. I dig it. One day, the circus passed Beltsville, Maryland, and he came across a poor, deformed child to appear to be half man and half goat. He took the creature with him, displaying it in a freak show in order to make money. The child began to grow up, getting larger and stronger, and the colonel imprisoned the poor creature in a cage where he's often beaten, underfed, and mistreated his whole life. The monster's hatred for mankind began to grow with every additional offense, 
and began plotting his escape. No confirmed sightings, but we have his entire backstory. Yeah. And are we just going to ignore that he kidnapped a weird looking child? Yeah. There's a lot more wrong with this than just he was mistreated. (laughs) Yeah. There are different versions of how the creature escaped, each one just as horrifying as the last. In keeping with the circus myth, some say that he escaped and was struck by lightning on the train trestle, which transformed him into a violent monster who hungered for blood. Others say that the animal escaped from the farmer who kept him prisoner after killing the man and then fleeing into the woods. So now he's like powder where he gets like struck by lightning. (laughs) He gets power. Why did that make him into a violent monster who hungered for blood? Is that like a like a lightning strike thing? Like I got to do some research. He sounds like he has the same basic origin story as like little Nicky. (laughs) Because what he does that his mom was a mountain goat. (laughs) That's why he has chronic halitosis. (laughs) Maybe that's where they based it off of. I gotta email Adam Sandler, see what's up. But no, because little Nikki's mom was an angel. <laughs> that was just something his brother said that was mean. Oh, that's right. But this is probably what would happen if his mom was actually a mountain <laughs> The most detailed account has to do with a train crash. One stormy night, the circus train where the goat man was being imprisoned was thundering along the trestle when the lightning struck, causing it to derail. The train crashed, killing nearly everyone inside, but the goat man supposedly escaped. Then he tore the survivors to shreds in a bloody revenge, including the colonel who had kept him prisoner all those years. Even after this, his bloodlust was not sated, and he continued to seek revenge on all mankind ever since. Interestingly enough, there is also a local Kentucky legend of a ghost train, and this crash circus train is often thought to be that ghostly locomotive. Do you think it was a zombie ghost train? (laughs) I think that this is a very cool bit of folklore but not an actual like not like a cryptid not like there's no one going around thinking this thing is real because it has such an elaborate backstory and they said oh his bloodlust but then like there's no sightings whatsoever i really enjoy this story of this creature because it's so ridiculous but it's also you know it's just a story obviously he has some powers Oh, of course he does, yeah. Rather than kidnapping children or attacking people from the trees as other violent cryptids supposedly do, <laughs> the Pope-like Goatman is much more clever. Reports say that he likes to lure people onto the train tracks or under a bridge into the shadows with his voice. Depending on who you ask, this is either done by hypnosis or some sort of strange siren call. If he calls to you in the shadows, you will simply vanish as he leaps on you from the bridge above. More often, this sound will make you ignore the danger of the live train tracks and venture onto them without a care in the world. Then it will be too late for you, and the train will run you down. The Goatman doesn't even have to bloody his own hands in order to claim his victims. So th- I think that presumes that people uh, get snuck up on by trains, that they don't make loud noises or have loud honking sounds. or Well, they don't honk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Train whistles. Trains are very loud. I don't think I would get on a train track because I heard a voice and then ac- and then accidentally get hit by a train because I didn't hear it coming. Well, sometimes you're like on a journey with your friend to see a dead body and you're like listening to music I and then you get stuck on a bridge. The bridge I could understand. The bridge I could understand uh, entirely. Um, I also understood the, the Stand By Me reference. I wasn't Damn, I was going to say, I need you to stand by me on this reference. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your part. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I was just so hyper-focused on the fact that they've given him, like, oh, it's like hypnosis or a siren song. Like, I love the idea of him sitting on the tracks with his hands cupped around his <laughs> mouth, like, where did he come from? Where did he go? And then you're like, oh, who's singing Call Night Joe? And then you run <laughs> over and you get, yeah, uh, I think that's crazy. Or he does, I'm the goat man. <laughs> well, I, at first when they were saying that he, like, lures people to the train, I thought they meant, like, onto a train. 
<laughs> and I was like, what does he do? How does he lure people onto a train? It's like in Polar Express. That's exactly what came to mind. That's exactly what I thought of, was he was just like, to the North Pole, of course! And then the people go on the train and don't go to the North Pole. (laughs) (laughs) I could have surmised that, thank you. (laughs) Unfortunately, even the Goatman is only a legend, and the deaths surrounding his bridge are very real. There are two confirmed cases of people dying on or below the bridge in 1987 and again in 1988. There are many injuries and close calls as well, which makes sense considering the trestle is 90 feet high and over 700 oh, feet cross. Trains cross the bridge up to 25 times per day, and once you're on the middle of the bridge, there's no good way to get out or away from the oncoming impact. Or you could do like in Aristocats and jump underneath and hold on to each other. Or like in Lost Boys. Yeah, where you just swing and then let go. (laughs) There's an even more recent case in 2016. A couple from Ohio went searching for the monster and were not able to get off the tracks when a train came rushing along. The boyfriend was able to save himself by dangling off the edge of the bridge. Like a vampire. (laughs) But even then, the train came so close that it had left a mark on his arm. His girlfriend, on the other hand, was struck by the train and died almost instantly. There are injuries almost every year by those seeking out the Pope Lick monster. Whether they are just thrill seekers or following the siren called the Goat Man, it's impossible to say. I like that story where he got hit by a train enough that it left a mark, but he was fine otherwise. I've never heard of anyone to sort of be kind of hit by a train. Right? <laughs> That's amazing. And there's more than one. More than one train or Goat Man? Yes. There is at least two trains in the country. I've seen at least two at a time, so I can corroborate Ooh, that. Yeah, one you. was going one way, and the other was going the other way on a, on another separate track. I thought they were just doing Battle Royale style. <laughs> they were playing chicken. Yeah. Strangely enough, the Pope Lick monster is not the only Goatman monster out there terrorizing folks. The Maryland Goatman is often depicted as being similar to the Pope Lick monster, even though they are states apart with the Pope Lick monster inhabiting Kentucky. This other monster supposedly targets lovers and chases them down with an axe, scaring them and threatening to kill them. He also supposedly kills dogs and makes a horrible squealing or screaming animal sound. However, it has been suggested that the monsters are similar or even the same creature. For one thing, the public monster legend says that he was originally found as a deformed infant in Beltsville, Maryland. The Maryland Goatman also lives on a bridge where he lures people to their deaths. Whether the two are brothers or the same creature, or completely unrelated somehow, remains to be seen. What are the odds? Two Goatmen monsters both wielding axes. That's such a specific detail. Like, one of these two states ripped the other one off. <laughs> or they were twins. And one got dumped in Maryland, and the other one got kidnapped. And they just both had a weird twin affinity for axes. Yes. <laughs> one origin story about the monster says that he was not some sort of mutant or circus freak, but was instead related you ready for this? But was instead related to satanic rituals. This tale says that he is the reincarnated form of a farmer who once used to sacrifice goats to Satan in order to get supernatural powers. This new form of spirit still stalks the area. My vision is that he does like a weekend at Bernie's part two where he gets brought back to life and dances. Well, I want to know what supernatural powers the farmer was even after. Was he asking for, like, the crops to come in? Or, like, that's... Wings. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Red Bull for that. You don't need to ah. sacrifice a goat to Satan. <laughs> also, does Satan need goats? Is that, like, a thing? Like, he has, like, a pen down in hell, and he's just like, crap, no one sacrificed goats in, like, a really long time. Like, we are running low. <laughs> This one farmer starts sacrificing him. He's like, oh, bless him. <laughs> That's nice. 
He's doing a nice thing, that farmer. Yeah, providing Satan with some goats. That's yeah. nice of him. Satan needs goats, too. <laughs> Unfortunately, this particular legend has gained attention from satanic worshippers. There were rumors that in the mid-70s, a satanic cult began doing demonic rituals in the Pope Lake Road area. Cats and dogs began to disappear, and it seems like they were being used in blood rituals for Aww. the mysterious Four Winds Farm. This farm is just a short distance from the train trestle, and the Satanist and the Satanists who gather there allegedly worship the Pope Lake monster, believing he was the embodiment of Baphomet, also known as the Goat of Mendes. Even in the 90s, people could supposedly hear drum beats and chanting coming from the farm on dark nights. That's sad as hell. Like, that's so sad. They're, like, stealing people's pets and doing nasty things to them. Ugh. But Satan needs pets, too. That's awful. <laughs> I don't care if he needs pets. He's Satan. He could make his own, like, demon. He's got hellhounds. He doesn't need to be <laughs> stealing people's pets. That's awful. And this part makes me a little sad. He may pretend to be your friend. Horrifyingly enough, the Goatman seems to have some form of psychic ability, according to some tales, and it likes to play mind games. The reason we know this is because in order to lure you to your doom, it will sometimes mimic people you know. It'll shout out to you sounding like a dear friend, and you, ever so trustingly, will simply follow it. It can even call out your name. Even if it's not calling out to you as a friend or a loved one, it still may imitate other noises. It may sound like a cat or even a crying baby. The public monster is willing to do whatever it takes to convince you to wander onto the deadly bridge or below in his clutches. I love the idea that he can mimic people you know, because there's the one side that's really scary and dark, where it's like, he might be able to like look into your mind and like find out who you care about and what voice would lure you. But I also have this vision of like, he kind of knows people who like frequent the area, and then he, like, gets on Facebook and is, like, <laughs> looking to see who they're friends with and, like, checks out some videos of them on Instagram where they're talking and he, like, gets an idea about their voice and then starts imitating it and he's, like, practicing at home. And then he sees them and he's like, oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> hey, Derek! Like, <laughs> I feel really bad for this guy. He was a deformed kid and now he's just trying to make some friends. He is not trying to make friends. It explicitly states that he gets people to go on the track so they die. Yeah, he's just misunderstood. He's just lonely and doesn't know how to communicate. <laughs> I don't think you can chalk up, like, luring people onto train tracks with the intention of killing them as, like, a miscommunication. Where it's like, he's like, hey, come on. They come on the tracks and he's like, stay right there. And he's splattered by a train. He's like, what if it's like a Tucker and Dale thing? Like, he's trying to be friends with them, but they keep accidentally dying. Yeah, that's probably why he has the axe, is in case they don't... Maybe he's a woodsman. He's not. He's a goat man. He needs, he needs warmth too, Jerry. Why do you think that? Because I want all the cryptids to be nice. Yeah, well, I think there's a reason that they call him the public monster. Yeah, well, I call our kids monsters. No, I'm standing by this. If the train doesn't get you, the goat man still seems to have his way of killing you. Some accounts say that people jump from the bridge not because the train is coming, because they spot the monster coming for them. To be friends. The sight of him apparently is so terrifying that you can't help but jump to your death, because he's ugly and no one will talk to him, and they're just scared, and it's like, give him a chance. I love that just every aspect of him kills people. <laughs> oh, like, that's so sad. Whatever it is, if you see him, you'll kill yourself. If he tries, if you go over to him when he calls you, you're gonna die. Like, there's nothing about him that doesn't kill people. They don't really give an explanation um, as to what he is. It's just this is how he kills people. This is what he looks like. Yeah. His mom was a mountain goat. His dad was a hillbilly farmer. Yeah. 
I'm sufficiently bothered uh, by the story of the goat man. Why? I'm prepared for the next cryptid. Look, I think that he is a nice creature. He's very lonely. He doesn't know how to make friends. He has to learn how to throw his voice so people will talk to him. Well, and it's it's kind of a cheat, too, because um, there's two goat men that are basically identical. Yeah. But they look the same. They do the same thing. They have axes, like... And they're from different parts of the country, which I thought was really interesting. But they're only a couple states away. Well, where was the other one? Maryland. That's really far from Kentucky. I don't know if you know. That's that's pretty far. They're not different parts of the country. I feel like you might not know where Maryland is. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right, to be honest. I feel like if you're talking about two states that are similar, Kentucky and Maryland are not going to come to mind as two states that are similar. Considering Maryland is like a northeastern state. Okay, they're eight hours away. I'm sorry. I they're pretty far away, yeah. Well then, tell me what you know about Loveland's Frogman. I know he plays the banjo. He sits on logs. <laughs> uh, really, he, he does a lot of waxing poetic about the trials and tribulations and difficulties of being colored green. <laughs> I hate you so much. Totally is this different. not Kermit the Frog? Is this a different... Is this not Kermit the Frog? It is not Kermit the Frog. Should be Kermit the Frog. Maybe <laughs> just leave. Like, I'm not covered the frog. I don't <laughs> I'm give a out. shit. That's it. I'll see you guys later. In March of 1972, on two separate occasions, two Ohio policemen saw what has become known as the Loveland Frogman. Fourteen investigators, Ron Schnaffer and Richard Mackey, who interviewed the officers, investigated the incident. The incident first took place at 1 a.m. on March 3, 1972, on a clear, cold night. Officer Ray Shockey was en route to Loveland via Riverside Road when he thought he saw a dog besides a railway. In a field on Twightwee Road... <laughs> That's such a weird name for a street. What Twightwee? is it? Twightwee? Yeah. That is weird. But then the thing stood up and his eyes illuminated by the car lights looked at him for an instant, turned, and leapt over the guardrail. Shockey saw it go down an embankment and into the Little Miami River. He described the thing as weighing about 60 pounds, standing up about 3 or 4 feet tall, and having textured leathery skin, and a face of a frog or a lizard. Okay. How do you tell the weight of something like that? Well, I mean, are these, these are policemen, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of part of being a policeman, is, like, estimating height and weight for people. Fair. I'm so. a receptionist. Like, I don't, we don't really have to do that kind of thing. <laughs> a little outside of your skill set. Yeah. If you want me to type you something on, like, Excel, like, I got you, but I can't tell someone's weight. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's that's That account is really uh, cool. That, like, because I was thinking of what animals it could possibly be. Because, mm-hmm. like, okay, it left over the guardrail. Did it, like, bound over the guardrail? Or did it, like, scramble over the guardrail? Then they talked about going in the river. And I was thinking, like, what could this be? But then they said that it stood up. And it was, you know, height, weight, texture of the skin. I was yeah. like, okay, that's a pretty detailed story. Shaki drove to the police station and returned with Officer Mark Matthews to look for evidence of the creature. They turned up scrape marks leading down to the side of the small hill near the river. On St. Patrick's Day, March 17, 1972, Officer Matthews was driving outside of Loveland when he had a similar experience. Seeing the animal lying in the middle of the road, he stopped to remove what he thought was a dead critter. Instead, when the police officer opened his squeaky car door, the animal got into a crouched position like a football player. The creature hobbled to the guardrail and lifted his leg over the fence, keeping an eye on Matthews the whole time. Do you think this is like another Jersey Devil locking eyes thing? <laughs> I mean, that seems to be a uh, a running theme with the cryptids. Is if you look them in the eyes, it's either like you're about to die or you're about to get your heart broken. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Perhaps it was a funny smirk on its face. It was smirking. 
Just want to add that in there. Okay. But Matthews decided to shoot it. He missed, however, probably because the thing didn't slow down. Matthews later told how he felt the creature stood up more upright than the way Shockey had described it. One area farmer told investigators he saw a large frog-like or lizard-like creature during the same month of the officer's sightings. The first reports of the 1972 Frogman have been hard on the witnesses. I kind of have a theory about what this thing actually could have been. Okay. So they were saying that it's roughly three to four feet tall, but it was dark when they saw it. Mm -hmm. That it stood up on its hind legs and ran off. It jumped over, but I'm going to guess it probably more kind of like scrambled over a railing Mm -hmm. down into the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they, they thought it was a frog, probably based on its feet. And the fact that it didn't have a tail. Yeah. They also said it had a leathery kind of leathery kind of skin. This is a wild sort of guess, but I'm thinking this was probably like a pretty big iguana that didn't have a tail. Because iguanas are aquatic. They have very long toes that kind of look like frog feet. They don't have webs, but they have long toes. Yeah. And they can stand up if they're threatened. They can stand up on their hind legs. I hate that. Yeah. And they that do image have... terrifies me to my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> they have leathery skin. Um, I mean, they, their eyes also can give off eye shine if you shine lights at them. Uh, so that all kind of makes sense. Also, the fact that like it ran down the hill and like jumped in the water. I was thinking, I was like, what lizards, like you know, are aquatic? Because I was like, it's obviously not a giant frog. Mm-hmm. So it had to be some other kind of animal. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's a lizard with no tail. And it's the first thing is like I've seen. Like uh, when I used to work at the pet store Mm -hmm. and Josh used to bring Dorito, his huge red iguana, um, without his tail, Dorito was like three feet long. He was massive and he weighed about 40 pounds. So, I mean, it's it's not outside the realm of possibility that that's what they saw. Well, I think it was frog. Those two officers took a lot of flack about the sightings back then, said a local businessman who wished not to be identified. People made fun of them and the city. Years later, in 1999, during local media interviews, Mark Matthew explained that he was tired of talking about the Frogman and that what he had seen was an iguana, but at the time, both witnesses definitely saw something like an upright, man-like lizard about four feet tall, and there was a matter of the sketch. Officer Shockey's sister drew it for them shortly after their experience with the creature, and it clearly looks like a giant frogman, a bipedal creature. During 2001, Weird Ohio did a follow-up investigation, re-interviewing witnesses, including asking Ron Schnaffer about Matthew's attempts to pull back his original story. Schnaffer told us, why after all these years is Matthew's debunking the story, I'm not sure. Could be a number of reasons, but both officers told us that it resembled the sketch in 1976. Why would they show us a composite drawing of the creature back in 1976 and tell us that it looked like the drawing? I lived in Loveland for about five years and the story is just circulating with many variations. Just maybe Matthews is tired about hearing the story and all the variations. That could be what's going on. It's just he's sort of sick and tired of hearing it because it was a weird encounter that kind of went nowhere. And then it's grown into this, you know, cryptid. It's got a life of its own. Yeah. So he's probably and I mean. He's probably hearing stories that are definitely false, that are just people, you know, just telling stories. And he's just sick of it. He's bored of it. Yeah. It kind of happened with, um, there was uh, a case from the 60s or the 50s where there was this guy that was finding Bigfoot footprints, Mm -hmm. like, all over the Southwest. And he became pretty famous for it. Uh, He had made some castings and stuff. And then it was, like, in the 80s. 
he had died and his sons admitted that it was all fake. Yeah. That they had gone out with like fake feet to make footprints with their dad when they were younger. And it was like bringing tourism to the area and stuff. And I think it was just they were kind of tired of like hearing people tell stories about seeing Bigfoot and they knew it was a lie, you know. And so they were just like, all right, let's just blow the lid off this thing. I think it's sort of the same thing with these cops. Like, they definitely saw something. I mean, in, even there, right there in the story you were reading, they said it was probably an iguana. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably what it was. So I think this guy probably doesn't believe that it was actually a frog human. And is, like, hearing people say, oh, I saw the frogman. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I want to believe the frogman's real. I like the idea that it's just an iguana. Because that... That is still a crazy story. It's still, I think, a really crazy story for two cops to be in Ohio and they see a large tailless iguana. They frighten it and it runs down and jumps in the (laughs) river. Like, that's still a really good story. I don't think it needs to be a frog person, like, to be cool and interesting. I have one more short one that I found. Awesome. So we're done with with the frogman. The frogman is done. The frogman is an iguana. (laughs) No! The frogman is a frog man. I don't understand why you keep well, insinuating a, that these aren't real. Well, this was in the 70s, so the frogman is probably a, a retired old frogman now. He's, he's not kicked the bucket already. Do you think he's senior frog? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I think he's an iguana. <laughs> Maybe he's an iguanodon, like Titanoboa. No, I think he might have just been an iguana that got loose, got his tail cut off, was freaking out. Then all of a sudden the fuzz shows up and he's like, cheese it, and jumps in the river. I have had about enough of your naysaying. Also, think about how wild that story the iguana had to tell was. (laughs) About how he escaped captivity, lost his tail when he was run over by an ice cream truck or something. And then like the two cops show up, he stood up to jump over the railing. And then ran into the river. And now, so what you're saying that he's a talking iguana, so therefore... Well, he talks to other paranormal. iguanas. I didn't say he was like in a bar telling people the story. <laughs> I said like he's talking to other iguanas or some frogs. Speaking of bars, one time a sandwich walked into a bar and the bartender said, we don't serve food. <laughs> Her face right now is beet red. Like... She's so happy that she told that joke. You're so happy about that joke. I read it before and I loved it. Did our eight-year-old daughter tell you this joke? <laughs> like if a child just told you this joke, you can just say that. Well, no, I found it. And I'm very proud of it. We didn't have any jokes during this episode. I needed one. Are you kidding? We didn't have any jokes? I thought the whole episode is a joke. <laughs> That is so mean. The whole premise of it is like, look at these stupid cryptids we found. No, look at these interesting cryptids that need to be mothered by me. (laughs) I will make them a picnic basket. Okay. And leave them by the trains and by the lakes. Let me love all of these creatures. You can love them all. I just, you're going to be grossly disappointed when you go to leave a picnic basket and an iguana shows up to pick (laughs) it up. You're going to be very embarrassed. (laughs) No, because I'll tell you that it's a frogman. <laughs> we'll do our last one. Have you heard of Old Greeny? No. Um, I'm sorry for everyone in upstate New York if I mispronounce this. So Old Greeny is a snake-like creature found in Cayuga Lake in New York. Old Greeny is described as a green snake-like creature that is said to be about 30 to 35 feet long with a long body lacking appendages with spines going down its back 
and has a crocodile-like head. Although it's large, in 1974, Old Greeny attacked a teenage boy and broke his arm by biting it. Skeptics believe that Old Greeny could be a sturgeon or an eel. However, people who have claimed to have seen it said that Old Greeny is nothing like they've ever seen before. I'm going to go ahead. I was about to say that when you were reading the description, is that it's a sturgeon. I'm getting so sick of people thinking these monsters are sturgeons. They're not. They're monsters. The thing is, sturgeons themselves are pretty monstrous. Like, have you seen a sturgeon? Only on uh, River Monsters. Right, okay, so it was on a show called River Monsters. <laughs> like, like here, look, this is a picture of a sturgeon. Spines on its back, and that's a little one, oh, too. Oh, that fuck itself. Yeah, and that's a little itty-bitty one. They're, they get really big. Um, and they're... Uh, predatory as well i mean i think most lake monsters could be chalked up to a sturgeon okay well i'm going to show you a picture of um old greeny and he's a monster that's the basilisk from harry potter (laughs) that is a really rad scary picture unfortunately i doubt anyone has ever seen that well that's what we're going to post on instagram i think that if someone saw that and it bit them i would expect more than a broken arm like i would expect it's like it bit his arm and now he has no arm (laughs) I like Old Greeny. I think he's like, um, Champy? Champy, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like they're in the same kind of part of New York. I like the idea that it's something that's dangerous but generally keeps to itself. Like, it sort of speaks to that barrier between man and nature. I love the idea of cryptids because I am depressed by the idea that we have discovered everything. Yeah. I don't believe we have, but that idea depresses me. So I like that there's... Don't worry. Something cryptid this way comes. (laughs) That is so disjointed. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so sophisticated. Sophi- oh, because you're admitting that it's a fish, that it's a sturgeon. No, I'm saying fish live in the ocean with the. Doesn't he live monster. in a? Doesn't he live in a lake? Fuck, foiled. Your level of research <laughs> is wanting. I like to just go with the flow, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I like this cryptid. I think the picture of it is really cool. A lot of times the pictures are kind of crappy because it's always like eyewitness accounts or something like that. Or, you know, they're they're usually pretty crappy drawn. But that picture you showed was really, really cool. Uh, Unfortunately, it is probably just a really big sturgeon. And those are generally accountable for most lake monster sightings. And I'm fine with that. That's what the government wants you to think. (laughs) It's big pharma, okay? They don't want you to believe... (laughs) There are monsters out there. TGRI, man. They're keeping it from us. Yeah. Well, me. Okay. All right. Compromise. Maybe it is a sturgeon, but they left the one canister left of TGRI goo in the ocean, in the river, excuse me, and it became the old greenie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Deal. Sweet. <laughs> I, I really enjoy cryptids in general. Uh, like I said before. I think it's because I love folklore and cryptids are intricately tied into folklore. But I also love the idea that we're still holding on to this part of like man gathered around a fire to kind of stave off the unknown forest around us. I feel like that part lives on in cryptid stories and I really super duper love that. But there's also this real shithead part of me that's like, I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) that's like, isn't the fact that it's a sturgeon that's that big, like, isn't that good enough? Like, do we need to create all these man-made myths and monsters? Like, yes. isn't the natural world 
good enough for anybody. No, no that's the thing. I'm of both minds. Like, <laughs> I do think, like, no, the fact that there's a huge fish that looks that terrifying should be good enough. But the other part is like, but wouldn't it be cool if maybe it was, like, a giant <laughs> serpent? Like, <laughs> that's my whole approach to, like, the paranormal and to cryptids and stuff is, like, I don't believe it's real. But every time I read about something or I watch a video, mm-hmm. I got my fingers crossed and I'm like, this is it. This yes! is going to be the one. This one's real. And then it never is. Every episode of Finding Bigfoot. Every I'm like, episode. All right, Matt Moneymaker. Like, we got this. We got this in the bag. Come on, Bobo. Like, let's do this. And then they never fucking do it. <laughs> it really is kind of a, a, a heartbreaking situation to be in, especially with those kinds of shows. Because, like, we were telling Lily, we were watching uh, Destination Truth with her with josh gates and he's trying to find this lost treasure and she was like i hope they find it oh no <laughs> and i was like well we know that they didn't and she's like oh because you've seen this episode and i go no no because i mean would... yes but no <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no because honey it would be on the news not on this show this would be like a four-hour special because you remember when josh gates went to nepal yeah and he found the yeti footprint Mm -hmm. and he got it cast and that was like a three-part special yeah and it was on the news before it was on the show so that's you know you'll see that but that is kind of the thing every episode of any of those shows you watch i'm like this is it this will be the one but like i also know that it's definitely not the one yeah i both want the natural world to be accepted for what it is and to just say you know what there aren't ghosts there isn't magic there isn't monsters but then there's that child the inner child part of me that's like oh but wouldn't it be awesome like maybe there is <laughs> i think that everything is so weird i could be down with all of these guys like jeff i'm cool with jersey devil i love like i think i'm gonna go with the goat man i'm gonna say that he's super nice he just misunderstood. He keeps accidentally killing people. Like, he wants people to come on the bridge with him and hang out. But he doesn't understand. Like, he doesn't have a watch. He doesn't know when the trains are coming through. He can't see bright lights coming down the tracks. He doesn't know what that rumbling sound is. What if What if he can't hear very well or see very well? What if he has an astigmatism? Maybe that's what the siren thing is, is that he's deaf, so he's constantly yelling to people all the time. Oh, my God. I love him even more. You know what? That actually jives with him being very pale because often albino animals tend to also be deaf. Yeah, I can hear a damn thing all the time. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) I almost fell for it every time. Every time. Yeah, I don't know um, about the belief in like... I think it would be awesome to be able to just totally buy into all of this. I think it would be so great. Because honestly, a world where these monsters exist is a lot better than the monsters that actually do exist. Mm -hmm. So I I would much rather these ones. But, uh, you know, uh, Frogman, that's definitely an iguana, in my opinion. Do you want to fight about this? No, I'm just just giving you my side of it. You've given your side, I'm giving my side. Same thing with uh, Sinkhole Sam. I'm pretty sure that's a tractor tire. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that there's actually a worm. But unlike the other ones, we can actually go to that lake and check that one out ourselves. So we should definitely do that. Oh my god, could you fucking imagine? We go there and we legit see Sinkhole Sam. I'm I'm holding out hope. Like, I don't in a million years think it'll happen, but I hope that it happens. Yeah, I guarantee it's going to happen. That's definitely the moral of this episode. (laughs) So, like we kind of talked about earlier... Uh, we want to do like a small series of a couple of different episodes that focus strictly on like down home American spookies, yeah, uh, cryptids, ghosts, lo- ghosts. Uh, there's lots of haunted locations, and there's lots of I think phenomenon that are not really specific to America, but we seem to have a lot more here than other places. And uh, overeating, 
over it. <laughs> That's not really supernatural. It's it's definitely beyond what is nature intended, but it's not <laughs> supernatural. Uh, and so this will be part one. Uh, we're not going to do them like in order. We'll probably do part two and a couple of other episodes later. But we don't have that kind of. Um... We're not near organized enough. Yes, for that. yes. We can't even think of the word organized <laughs> most of the time. That's how unorganized we are. But yeah, so we're going to do a little bit of a series. I actually have um, in mind like other sort of series of episodes, like little mm. collections of episodes in mind. Can we do a whole episode where I just tell jokes? <laughs> I don't know why you need permission to do that because you're you sort of crowbar anyway. them. Yeah, they're, they're crowbarred <laughs> into every episode as it is, so it doesn't matter. Um, I liked when they were at least themed, where they had something to do with what we were talking about. Uh, I prefer that to whatever that one was about the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, I could I could put this together. Um, what was that one during? What? Which cryptid was that one during? I don't remember. I, I've blanked it out of my memory. <laughs> well, cryptids like to eat, and sandwiches are food, and there you go. <laughs> that is such a tenuous connection. Oh my goodness. I believe more in Sinkhole Sam than that that joke is connected to the story you were telling. If you think that specific joke was good, please email us at hardlyparanormal at gmail.com. So if you like this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at hardlyparanormy with a Y. Uh, you can also get us on Instagram at Harley Paranormal, which is where we are the most active. And you can like and subscribe to our Facebook page. Well, it's our Facebook group. We don't do the page so much, but the group, right? Yeah. Okay. You can follow us on Spotify or you can subscribe on CastBox. We've actually got a whole lot of new CastBox people recently. Hello. Hello, CastBox people. And you can go ahead and please, we would really appreciate it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whichever one you do, um, and CastBox. You can leave comments on CastBox to let us know uh, whether or not <laughs> you like the show. Hopefully you do. And um, let me know if you liked my sandwich joke. Yeah, you can go ahead and if you want, waste some time talking <laughs> about sandwich jokes. That's fine by us. If you have any comments or suggestions or questions or if you just want to... Say hi. Uh, you can email us at hardlyparanormal at gmail.com. But also, please send your jokes. I need some filler. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Share some jokes with Lacey and only Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> because I won't know what to do with them. You laugh at them. Haven't you heard of jokes? See, we're facing each other, so there's really no excuse for you to think I laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> I want out. <laughs> I'm going to join someone else's podcast. <laughs> I've been Jerry. I've been Lacey, your joke master. <laughs> Until next time, remember, it's probably just the wind. This sandwich walked into it.